What's up, guys? You're listening to the Colorado Cars and Coffee podcast with me, John, Steve, Matt, Terry, Hayden, and Dan. Let's drive straight to our listing of weekend events. This week's events are... So, uh, again, uh, this Friday in Superior... Uh, at the Sonic in Superior on 2400 uh, Colton Road is our Tots and Tailpipes. Of course, it starts at 5, goes to 8, or maybe a little bit longer. And, of course, we are still promoting Toys for Tots, so please bring a new unwrapped toy for all the children out there. Um, Steve should be out there. I might be out there and a couple other admins, but essentially just if I'm going to be out there, it's a black BMW convertible. The trunk will be open. If Steve will is out there, just look for his blue Alpha, and the trunk will be open. And if Matt makes it, it'll be a red Miata with trunk open. And anybody else, yep. So please come on out this Friday between 5 and 8 and bring a toy. All right. Um, on this Saturday, November 14th, starting at 10 a.m., we've got Espresso and Exhaust at Vehicle Vault. That's down at 18301 Lincoln Meadows Parkway, down in Parker. So that's their uh, cars and coffee. Just want to compliment Steve's pronunciation of espresso and not saying espresso and exhaust like an idiot. <laughs> anyway, this Saturday, the uh, 21st of November, also at 10 a.m. Or I'm, I'm sorry, it's not set this Saturday. That's next Saturday, uh, the 21st of November, 10 a.m. Uh, mentioned it. Uh, before is the high tech cars and coffee and PDR demo uh, at 8273 South Quebec. That's Quebec and um, County Line Road. And go get you some uh, PDR done by Max for free. And then uh, also on Saturday, the 21st, is uh, Wicked Open Photo Shoot Meet. And that's at 130 South Nevada Avenue in Colorado Springs. On November 28th, which is a Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon, will be a toy drive at Children's Hospital. Uh, We're asking for new unwrapped toys, and the location for that is 15109 East Colfax. Excellent. So I do want to mention one other thing, which is starting basically now, and it will run to December 11th. And it is Ferrari of Denver is doing a toy drive for a Rocky Mountain Hospital for children. So essentially here, um, I shared I, I shared it on the Colorado Cars and Coffee page as well as the Southern Colorado Cars and Coffee page. But essentially what they're doing is you can uh, drop a toy off unwrapped at um, Ferrari of, of Denver. And essentially you can also, there is a touch-free plan, which uh, there'll be a QR code that you'll be able to scan and it has a wish list and whatever your budget is, you can just purchase on there and it'll be delivered to Ferrari of Denver. And then Ferrari of Denver on Saturday, December 12th, they're going to launch their exotic sleigh rally from Ferrari of Denver to the Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children downtown with Santa Claus in tow. So, you know, so essentially there, you know, please, uh, you know, again, it is that time of year. So this really, all of this that we're doing, it benefits children. It doesn't benefit anybody else. It benefits children. So our Toys for Tots drive, what um, Ferrari Denver is doing, these are all for, for kids. So frankly, let's just pull out some money, get some gifts, take care of the kids. So there'll be more details on there. Um, as I said, the, I shared the the post, and they are creating the event. So when that's on there, I will share that as well. 
Awesome. Uh, I guess we'll just move into uh, F1 um, with you again, Terry. Yeah, well, well, Hayden's here too, so we got to go back yeah. and forth. Woohoo! Woohoo! So this week is Turkey, which is fantastic because it's a great racetrack. So really quickly, yeah, it, it will be in Turkey. Um, essentially, if Lewis can become the seven-time a, a seven-time world champ and tie Michael Schumacher's right record, as long as he finishes within eight or more points than his teammate, who's the only person who can possibly beat him, is Valtteri Bottas. So that's going to be an interesting race to see how that's really going to play out. You know, also interesting for me is I personally think they should invite Mark Weber to Turkey and put him in a car next to Vettel just to see what happens. If nobody gets that in 2010, they had a little get together. <laughs> so in Turkey, yeah, which was... <laughs> those two had a, had a very entertaining, uh, <laughs> entertaining uh, stint as teammates. There's been yes. some good ones. There's Senna and Prost. There was there was um, uh, Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton, but yeah, yeah, that was an all-time good one for me. Yes, oh yes. So if anybody really wants to see that, just go look look at the clip. It'll be on YouTube. It's like the 2010 uh, Turkish Grand Prix. Just Vettel. <laughs> it, it was it's it's interesting. So yeah, so you know it's it's gonna be a good race. I I feel. I mean, it's good to be back at Turkey. It's just a pity that next year it, it's kind of back to the other tracks, so you won't well, see. Well, they've come MLS. out with the uh, they've yes. come out with the schedule this week, and yep. they don't. There is one TBD track which they think will be something in Europe, but yes. because it falls right between the Asian and the European part of the parts of the season, but they don't know yet, and. What I was saying was they should make it a vote, but yes. it's probably hard. It's probably hard to do that. You know? It probably is hard to do that, but I, you know what? I think they can make it easy on themselves. The reason why there is a to be determined track is because there will not be a Vietnam Grand Prix again. Obviously this year is because of COVID next year is probably because there won't be a Vietnam Grand Prix. Well, they just said that the guy that the main politician who was trying to get it done is no longer in power. So yes. nobody else yes. wanted to do it. That's nobody what else I wants to do it. Yeah. That's, so. that's what I got out of it too. So, you know, yes, it'll be nice for, for a vote, but you know what? I think you could probably do a quick vote now, or even look at the ratings. Dang it. Liberty media. Liberty Media, we know you you're know, local. You might be yeah, listening. Please, you might listen be listening. Just, because can we honestly, just hire Terry and I on yes. as marketing people. We we could be in the marketing department. Imola will be on <laughs> the the calendar every year, and so will Portugal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obvi- obviously, we're going to put those two on. Yes, obviously, in a heartbeat. And we're also going to go out to Road America, and we're yes. just going to and we're going to and we're going to wax philosophically about. If we make this track ripe for Formula One racing, will it ruin the soul of America? (laughs) America. Will the kink no longer be dangerous? (laughs) Will they have to drain (laughs) all the water from the grass? We have to build up the infrastructure in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. (laughs) Will they be happy with the cheese selection? So... But, you know, honestly, I I do think if they look at the ratings on those tracks they added in Europe for for this year, you know, I think they could probably make a very informed, you know, decision, say, you know, we had a lot of ratings for 
the Portuguese Grand Prix. Let's just stick that on there because it's right there. It's no biggie and it'll be good, but we'll see, see what happens. So, you know, it is 23 races next year. So that's going to be very interesting. So it's quite busy, but it's quite, quite busy. So we'll see how that all plays out, but definitely watch the Turkish Grand Prix. It's a great track. Yeah, if Lewis well, it, ties. it's actually one of uh, Herman Tilke's best, who is the guy yes. who has designed a lot of the a modern lot of the F1 track. tracks. Yes. Um, so it gets a lot of flack for having kind of boring, kind of kind of the same sorts of uh, sorts of, uh, you know, themes and Orders, re- themes, etc. Yeah, but, but but definitely. I definitely don't so, believe for a second if uh, if Hamilton does get the championship that he's gonna he's oh, which he should that he's gonna retire. I mean, I know he's, he's been hinting at that, but that's hilarious that you're just oh yeah, I'm sure you you are going the the biggest competitive guy you know winner in the world is gonna want to just be happy with merely tying the record. Not no way. It. Yes, yeah, right. right. No way. Get he, out of he, here. Yeah, he's gonna break it and then he's gonna retire. There's no way he's gonna tie and be like mm, he didn't. Now. He didn't break it yet. No, no, he no, no, no. It this season. He would have if he, well, basically if Nico Rosberg did, was not world champion. So that's no. the thing. But Mercedes is extremely competitive. The rule change next year is a BS rule change anyway. So it's just meant to try to level the field. It's like a 10% reduction on, on downforce, et cetera, because Mercedes is so dominant. So the chances are very high that Lewis is going to be able to get his eighth championship, you know, so he's not going to retire. I mean, I know some people are speculating or I I don't see some people. I think people just like to speculate because, well, he hasn't signed anything yet. And that's strange. Well, maybe because he's concentrating on tying the record. (laughs) Maybe he's like, I'm going to tie the record in Turkey and I'm done. Then I'll sit down with Mercedes and say, I want X amount of money (laughs) and it's done. And and that's the thing. He's going to sign, and that's the way it's going to be. And he wants the eighth, especially a man who says his hero in F1 is Ertin Senna, who is one of the most competitive F1 drivers ever to exist. I mean, <laughs> yeah, hi- hyper-competitive. I mean, yes. we see, you see, we've seen it. Yeah, you see some, some wild behavior come out of guys that are – uh, on kind of on that level of yeah. competitive, like Schumacher, and, Schumacher. You know, I mean, that's the thing Lewis, that Schumacher, Schumacher and Schumacher and and uh, and Senna both did was was yeah, pretty much intentionally wreck their opponents to like yes. get you know to like get a championship or get a win yeah. or like whatever right. it was, push them off, give them no room, whatever they're going to do, you know, and that was it, and that's what they do. So Lewis is the same breed. He's he's very competitive. And again, you know, anybody who says like, you know, the reason why I'm in F1, the reason why I did karting, the reason why I did all these things is Earth and Senna, then you have his competitive spirit, especially that he's been doing this for this long. So I expect him to tie it up, get that world championship on Sunday, and then Monday morning he's going to rest and relax and have his fun, walk his dog, eat his vegan food. Etc. Etc. Then on Tuesday he's gonna pick up the phone, go to Toto, and say, "Hey Toto, how you doing today? Um, yeah, you know, it's uh ten million dollars a day." <laughs> and Toto's gonna say, "Eh, five million. And he's gonna say seven. And then it's gonna be done. And then Valtteri's gonna go, "Holy shit, I'm screwed." And that's it. So that leads into <laughs> this: is we know George Russell is staying with Williams. That's all being put to rest. Does he have a shot? In 2022, 
for that Mercedes seat. It's possible. It'll just depend what the silly season looks like for right. that uh, first. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they have a, a wealth of better options just going through their, just, uh, you know, kind of going through their, you know, kind of their feeder system that they have there. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, uh, Checo is gone from Racing Point mm-hmm. next year. Um, in favor of Vettel, which will then be Aston Martin, not not yep. Racing Point. Um, no, I mean that's that's basically it. Unless you're going to get an outsider, and are you really going to get an outsider to take that? I mean, no, no. just none of it. So, no. yeah, no way. Uh, possible, possibly, or they stick with Valtteri because the issue, the issue with that, and the issue with um, with uh Albon at Red Bull is that you've got insane talents that are that are, are you're driving against in the same equipment. You got Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. So good luck finding a guy some finding somebody that's going to reliably keep up with them, much less challenge them. Right. I mean that that's my thing too. I mean I personally think Swing Blade will be which is my nickname for Botas because if you look at him, he does look like Swing Blade. Just, just saying. You know, I think he's got one more year. You know, and then I think from that point, a lot of it comes down to will Lewis resign, which we know he will. Then I think they're going to resign Botas to go into 2022 because Russell's contract is through the 2023 at Williams. So if they can guarantee that there, that gives Russell a little bit more time to try and score some points because that, that Williams car is improving. There's no doubt. And it is. So I think that a lot of that depends on that. Yes. George has done a great job in qualifying and he's done, you know, he really has, I mean, he really truly has, but he needs to start paying off with points. You know, he almost had points last race he made a mistake. He learned from that mistake. So I think that's a real shakeup for him to see how he goes. I think 2021 and 2022 are his years for him to say, I deserve a number one seat. I deserve to be in a big team. So I think that it's what it's uh, for some reason. I don't know. I, I just get the feeling that it's going to be way more, so way less obvious than, yes. just, than just that. I think it'll, it'll be, a Daniel Ricardo, a Max Verstappen, a somebody, right. somebody that is somebody that's seriously, uh, you know, a Charles Leclerc, somebody who's seriously proven. So we'll see. We'll see. see. It'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah. And that definitely, uh, yeah. Far down the road. And that Can definitely leads up, into guys. the point. Yeah, we will. We'll wrap up. Don't worry. That's why I'm moving to here. So, and that just brings in what you mentioned about Alex Albon. Right. Personally, real quick. I think he's out. I think Red Bull is just to see what he can do. He hasn't really performed. He hasn't been Max's wingman like he needs to be. I do believe he's out. They just don't want to move anybody up from the junior team. I think Checo is going to get that seat. Hopefully. Yeah. It would be it would be nice to see him there. Yep. Yeah. All right. So there you go, kids. We have to wrap it up because Steve hates F1. <laughs> I did have a... The other, the other racing that we that is uh, this weekend, we've mentioned it a couple times now, is the 12 Hours of Sebring 
which you should check out, you know, especially if you haven't watched endurance racing, follow it loosely through the first part, but stick to your TV for like the last two hours. Cause that's when it gets good. Um, but, uh, as I mentioned, not last week, two weeks ago, I think last time I, w- last time I was on, yes. um, that Jordan Taylor and Antonio Garcia in the number three Corvette had captured the, uh, GTLM championship for the Daytona prototype international championship. It's going to be, um, the, uh, it's the Acura, um, number, number six and the, and Wayne Taylor racing number 10, uh, can go in for the championship. And that's, um, Ricky Taylor going for, going for the championship there against, um, against uh ryan briscoe and ranger van der zanda in the number in the number 10 wayne taylor racing cadillac and gtd michael shank racing um the mario farnbacher and matt mcmurray and the acura nsx gt3 and uh guys trying to trying to chop them will be ryan hardwick and patrick long in um in the uh sorry what is it park place uh, motorsport 911. So they're on 249 points, the 911 versus 256. So they'll need, they'll have to finish down the order a little bit, but is kind of looking like uh, McMurray and Farnbacher will take it for uh, Michael Shank Racing. So check out 12 Hours of Sebring. Definitely. I, I will second that what Hayden said. If you've never seen Enduros Racing, watch it because. It's one of the best tracks that you're about to witness, one of the best races, and endurance racing is fantastic. So if you don't watch it, we don't want to know you or ever see you again. I I have a question. Um, I was just reading that Honda hasn't announced anything beyond 2020. Um, do y'all have any insight on why possibly that is? Like, you know, or which series? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, or, or you're ta- are you talking about uh, as far as Daytona prototype goes? I've, yeah. Yeah. As far as the Acura. So here's the deal. Mm-hmm. They had the same plan as F1 did, which was to change their change the spec for 2021. Mm-hmm. And then global pandemic happens and then they put yeah. it off a year. So it's going to be a relatively it's going to be the the Daytona prototype international 2.0 or um it, it's it's a new formula and it's still kind of in the same spirit, but these are actually going to be hybrid cars. They're just going to have a spec spec unit for, for the front. So there'll be all wheel drive, you know, hybrid, hybrid, uh, all electric front, all IC rear axle. And they just haven't, they just don't know if they're going to be doing it yet, but all, all the same as the current ones, all based off of LMP two chassis. And then the manufacturers will be able to do their own, you know, styling and engines to it. So, okay. but what's nice is those are, that class is going to be uh, homologated for, uh, to race at Le Mans, which the current DPIs are not. Okay. So those will be, those will be, um, in the top class, which I think will be most of the top class because it's the cheapest way. The so cheapest they, way. Gave, they were like, Hey, you guys can develop this whole new car and do this thing. Or you can do this really cheap thing. And everybody's like, uh, I think we're just going to do the cheap, <laughs> the thing. cheap thank, thing. Thanks. Thanks for giving <laughs> us the option. Yeah. So. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. All right. All right. Uh, I guess we'll move on to uh, talking about the Pontiac Aztec and, our picks of the ugliest cars. 
That's all uh, you, the... Matt. What's that? Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I'm starting this off. Okay. That's you starting. So, yeah. So what what brought up the, the Pontiac Aztec again? How did we get on this? Um, what, or was it Dan that brought up the Pontiac? Dan Aztec? brought it up. Oh yeah. yeah. Someone oh, mentioned Dan. Yeah, yeah. We uh we were talking about you know ugly cars, and that's where we started getting the idea of our ugliest cars. And I was like, without even looking, it has to be the Pontiac Aztec. And <laughs> then that's when I, And then we talked about uh, Breaking Bad. And the reason yeah. why they chose the Pontiac Aztec that's is because right, right. it was like the most middle aged, man depressing car. Yeah, yeah that yeah. they could think of. Nice. And the fact that you know the directors of Breaking Bad thought that absolutely oh, concrete yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so yeah so outside of the aztec um my pick for ugliest car and oh, you better share the screen you can oh. share screen oh yeah screen? okay i mean everyone knows yes. what it is it's a uh 1996 ford taurus <laughs> oh, that's pretty bad oval the, theme uh, yep the four-eyed catfish guys can we just put as many ovals on this car as possible yes pretty we much. can and that I was see, definitely is... a theme oh yeah well okay so this is why I was doing research because I was trying to to validate this, but I have heard that part of the reason that that car got so overdone with the ovals, as you put it, um, is because that was one of the first cars that Ford went full um, computer cab for the design. Oh, so they just went crazy with the uh, with the bubbly lines. Oh, is this the yes? My favorite is the wagon. Oh, the, the wagon has more ovals. Than oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, and the rear window doesn't line up with. Yeah. Is that the default shape that came with the uh, the CAD the program? Was the oval, oval? And that was the first one. Yeah, I think I so. Know. I think I I, th- I think Ford Ford Design got cheap and just bought the base program. It had oval <laughs> right. squares and diamonds. Yeah, I couldn't unlock the other ones. The, the yeah, did the, the trial program. The, the oval <laughs> tool and nothing else. Yes. Yes. Yeah, here, the, the interior, the, the radio was even an oval. Right. Do but, you wish to unlock squares? <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. I see other colors. I've only seen that really weird champagne color with right. four tourists. I've, I've never I've seen, seen this red one. <laughs> my friend's mom had a had this one right here. Oh, the yeah. green I've seen. The yeah, green, the green, yeah, the green, green, green wagon. And I think she she still drove it up to like a few years ago. She just Jeez. drove that thing into the ground. Oh, yeah. You know, we we know. Uh, well, we knew somebody that had one of these. Well, Everyone well, knew something. These that these are these also have that terrible three liter V six. Yes, from the it same, was also the same right. Period. It also had the slowest show of any. Yeah, of, of any, any show. generation that was barely faster than the standard V six. <laughs> see <laughs> see yeah and that, that's one that even at the time like it's not that it just didn't age well even at the time it was ugly it yeah it got some pretty bad but it still sold well it was still the the number one selling american sedan in the country just, so yeah that goes to show you that, no option, that more so speed yeah that more speaks it. to how terrible all the competition was right <laughs> yeah. And, well yeah and, and in yeah. the same year they had the uh well no the year before the contour came out and it was almost yes as, almost as overly but not quite as bad yes oh yes yeah, yeah. and it's funny because yeah that, that cat meanwhile in uh and sorry what go on, go ahead just uh, i just thought it was uh, you said the contour it made me think of 
uh, it made me think of the Falcon in Australia because it uh, had like kind of those headlights, but it mm-hmm. was the it was the uh, like muscly you know sedan thing because that because I don't know Australians were into that the kind of thing before yeah, the Australians it never really ca- I guess so. it never really caught on. Chevy made the SS, but they had to stop because they didn't sell enough of them. They were like, guys, we need to get rid of all these all of these Holden Commodores taking up space in Australia. Can we convert them to left-hand drive and sell them here? And they're like, oh, nobody wants them. But. Yeah, it was just I, what I was saying with the, the CAD thing is funny because, you know, the Taurus was kind of like the first big one. And then everything after that, every year after 96, it was like the Ford's line kind of gradually shifted towards that bubbly around it. Even the F-150 in that area got... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Got really Very rounded out. For the melted well, candy bar look. Yes. They yep. also this was a, the rounded the s- exaggerated roundedness was also just a thing of the nineties. Mm-hmm. This is just right, and I think a lot of that is a popular styling. It being yeah. A, yeah. a new thing that they could try, and it just quickly learned that it didn't work, and it was not a, not a good look. It's not a good deal. Nope. No, some yeah. rounded some rounded things are beautiful, like FDRX. You know, it just just depends they they ford made something ugly and mazda made something sorry yeah no totally absolutely so that reminds me of something else i'll share later but yeah there you go that's a horrible car Matt. <laughs> that truly is nice all right who's uh i'll go who's next are you gonna go i want to see this thing well, wait, we already know what it is, but yes, do it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, he told, he told us, but he didn't tell, yeah, I told yeah, y'all. Didn't tell the listeners. All right, so, bam. It is the turd. Fiat oh. Multiply. <laughs> yes. We did talk about this one. Yes. We did. Hmm. So the first time I saw it was in Italy. I was actually in um, Florence, and it literally destroyed my whole life. Like my day just got instantly like horrible just looking at this. I was so confused. It was like someone wanted to make like this weird submarine double decker <laughs> mini car. Like I was just so perplexed looking at. I mean, look at this thing. It's got light there, light there, light there. What do you need all these lights for? Where are you going in Italy? What he's, <laughs> he's pointing, what he's, point, what there, he's pointing at to the listeners is that where you would expect but there's also fog lights and then there's one there's a set at the bottom of the a pillar basically because there's kind of a like you said it's like a multiple it's a what uh, is that a pillar like? uh, it's it's it it's got like a whole bubble thing on top of yeah. it so there's like this space to together. put a light where you don't have it on most cars it's like a yeah. shelf right the hood is like basically the shelf the first yeah. time I ever saw a picture of one of these, I thought it was photoshopped. I thought it was some sort <laughs> yeah. of joke. And I, I was going to say this car. It does not look. It looks like the aerodynamics on it would have to be absolutely. This terrible. car has been memed to death. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we never. This never. This car never sold here, but it's been. It never would have. It's been. <laughs> it's been spread through 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 memes. Well, the the good thing is, I do believe Steve is uh, recording this, right? I am yes, uh, yes. So, yes. but yeah. oh, I we're do. gonna have a video version. Wonderful. Uh, we're gonna so 
half of this car is glass. If you yes. just look at it, it's literally glass. Cool. So it is nice. It is a bit of a fishbowl. Basically, yeah. what this car is is the old Sunliner freaking uh, train coaches. Yeah. That, that's what it is. The Italians said, you know what? We build really high-quality, reliable cars that don't rust in any shape or form. And we need to build one that looks like a train. Just like did. one. Did Fiat do anything like this in 2005? I mean, or was 2004? Oh, well, after, after 2000, Fiat's never learned their lesson. The fact that it ran yeah. for six years. Six years? Yeah. Somebody must have bought it, right? it, it I think. Don't quote me, but I think <clears> they only sold like 5,000 units or something. No, no. So, it's going to no, make a collector item. That. If they've only I sold think... 5,000, it, with the way that it's been so, named, I'm sure it'll be a collector item. I mean, so, the only way to find out is just to go find out. So, so to guys, prove how we... bad this is, Car and Throttle, Car Throttle, sorry, readers, dubbed it the ugliest car ever made with the Fiat Multipla outpacing everyone's favorite design, Whipping Boy, the Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> so, just so you know. Wow. Well, if this website is right, they continued to make the Multipla into 2011. They probably didn't continue it, making it. They continued it to sell it until, until 2000. No, no. They, they literally redesigned it. There's a, like a Gen 2? There's a, yeah, that looks like a normal effing car. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So, but if we look at the ones that we're really talking about, which is like from 98 to, let's say, 2004. Hmm. So, 426, 39,000, 48,000, 49,000. Damn, people bought this thing. Yeah, the fa- <laughs> oh. facelift gets rid of the double-decker kind of thing. Yeah, you so can, it, you can still see it there a little bit in the. You can, in the you can yeah. Imagine it's, yep. it's, yep. a, it's definitely a fishbowl. <laughs> I do remember what I was going to say. Only three more years until we can import one. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, oh no. It's happening, kids. <laughs> people are gonna, you know that people are going to do it. I oh, guarantee yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Know it. Yep. If they're I hope cheap, the I import might do it just, to, just to get, be a head turner. Oh, what yeah. the heck is that thing? Some people are just contrarians. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Perfect. Well, good choice there, Dan, you bastard. <laughs> I, I figured, I, I was hoping somebody would. Get, oh, yeah, definitely. Even though, All right. even though I didn't. <laughs> Wait. Nice. Who is next? Who wants to go next? I can go. Go. Sure. Good uh, idea. I, gotta, I have to share your screen. Let me see I this picked, beautiful thing. Come on. I was just looking at images, and the, apparently the Multipla 2, the interior has Steve's favorite uh, menage a trois seating. Uh, he loves what? that. The, the What's menage a trois the three seating? Seat, the three seats across the front. Yeah. Oh. Like, that, uh, like that French car the, that you saw? The Tatra, yeah. Yeah, 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 like the Tatra. <laughs> That's hilarious. Share I mean, that I screen, baby. That I have picked. The, share it. Lexus SC430. Oh, you dog! I was ho- I was I wasn't mm. sure if somebody was gonna. I don't think one. I can agree with this, Aiden. You don't like you don't come on, Steve. Are I don't you think kidding me. The, this thing is completely ugly. No, it is it's, hideous. No, it's okay, terrible. You gotta. It's you not gotta a defend, Fiat Multipla. You gotta defend this, Hayden. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not okay. I'm not. I'm not Paul from Everyday Driver, okay? I'm not a I'm not a car designer. But like <laughs> Can you sketch look, at, back? look at yeah. look at how just 
look at how like bulbous look and round this thing is, <laughs> and then the small little tail lights so yeah. that just don't. It, it's the head Mine's and the headlights are yes. very much the same. Are very much the same way. They tried to go for like their own kind of Mercedes monoblock style wheel, but it just looks terrible. Whereas that wheel is aged great. I, uh, it's got a, it's, it's small. Uh, it's, I just don't, I don't, there's, I don't like anything about this. Were there any other cars that shared this platform? No, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so either. No, I think it was a dedicated one, but what, but the context of this at the time was it was competing against the very popular Mercedes SL, which has of course been around since the fifties, mm-hmm. but that was a pretty good, pretty good Mercedes. It was the first uh, one with the round, you know, kind of quad headlights in the front. I'm not good at my Mercedes chassis codes, but it was the, after the the square headlight one, I just, I don't see how this, how this is redeeming to you, Steve. I just can't. Uh, no, not that I would want, to own one, but I just don't see. You just don't think it's completely ugly. Nah, I think there's much ugly. No, I think it's. It. I think it's. There's plenty. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but it looks to me like what? What Mercedes did you say it? It was supposed to compete with SL. No, the SL. Yeah, it looks like someone took a a Camry Solera and tried to make it look like an like a Mercedes. That's another car of this day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They also made the the Camry Solera. So, yeah. is there a coupe in this, uh, Hayden? No, it's oh, a hard top. It's a it's a it's a hard it's a foldable hard top. I'm trying to so, find some redeeming qualities of it. Well, here's here's actually there is one redeeming quality of it. It weighs about four thousand pounds less than the Titanic. <laughs> oh yeah, that is true. It's a good point. It was it was a uh, heavy heavy heavy, heavy for the Me. day. 3,800 pounds. That's that's pretty good for the day. That's not yeah. that's not a lot in 2020. I mean, no. we knew somebody with a Mustang GT350 that weighed 3,800 pounds. Yeah, yeah we did. That, yeah. Don't know. Alpha, don't know who that guy was. around there. Yeah. <laughs> and your and your alphas <laughs> around there. So there. But it, it has more than 288 horsepower. Yeah, but the alpha so. seats a lot more than. You're at, also <laughs> nobody is gonna, nobody is going to say that the alpha doesn't carry its weight extremely well. Oh yeah, I mean, like, you would be an you'd be an idiot to think otherwise. So, huh? Well, choice. All that's right, what will, I've got. I will go next if you'd like me to. Yes, please do. Yes, so. I'll give you. I'll give you one shot. Uh, this car is from 2021. Oh no! Uh, Cybertruck. No. Ah. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't have counted anyway because. Concept okay. the Cybertruck concept is not the, that the not real production. one's not going to look yeah. like that. Yeah, it's not going to. It can't look like that. So, um, <laughs> no, no, it can't. It's it's uh, it's just. I mean, it'll look crazy, I'm sure, but it can't look that crazy. But um, anyway, <laughs> are you thinking of the the new? No, the new Nissan Z is not 2021. I don't know, Steve. Does anybody else have a guess? No, I'm I'm um, trying to think. I don't know what. No idea. Oh, uh, we've seen lots of. Stuff. We know you like the Bronco, so it's not it's, that. I don't know. What? It's ugly. Get out of here. Not the Bronco. It's, All right. Share nah, anyway, now. share it. Just do it. Let's see what you got. Sharing now. Let's see. Oh. This is the 2021 oh. BMW uh, oh. 2 Series Active Tour. Yeah, you're right. I could, have chosen, I could have chosen the iX, which was just like released today or whatever, but I, I chose this one instead because I didn't like the tour anyway, but now they've actually updated it with the 
the beaver teeth uh, grills, monster grills. Well, it doesn't go all the way down. It's still a it's big, huge, huge, big, yeah. no, huge it's, grill, it's, but it's it, not it the full teeth. It's not the full one like the M3 and M4, but... It kind of uh, looks like a Kia. It still looks yeah. absolutely dreadful. Yeah. It's, not like it's front wheel drive. <laughs> it's not that bad. Drive. The, front, the front is horrible. So I find so I crappy. find this rear view to be redeeming, Steve. Actually, yeah, I don't I think could, that's I could, bad. I, could, I think that I think the Lexus SC430 is terrible in front as it is in the back. All right, I'm, I'm looking at the front. The front. The front, the front is front, awful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, terrible. It, it, terrible. It it does look like a Kia. This is a nice yeah. This is a nice segue from the Aztec because the Aztec a was an ugly crossover thing. Yeah, yeah. But and since we're on probably, the topic of BMW, what do you guys think about the iX? Have you did you see it? I have not uh, seen it. I haven't seen the today? iX yet, so I have not seen uh, it. See if I can grab Hold something. Up. I might look it up. Oh look, look what's in his search history. Horse porn is looking. See this see this makes me angry, but now I cause now I can't 30 year old BMW as an iX because they're gonna think I'm talking about that. It literally okay, is like that's foul. There you go. It's a beaver. There you go. That's oh, that, that's the full. That is the full beaver teeth. That that yeah. that this is a beaver. This is a full EV. Not only that, but the it's the named after it your is. your namesake there, Hayden. The IX. Yeah. Uh, I know. That's what yeah. I said. I can't call my. Yeah. I can't call my. I can't call BMW's first all-wheel drive car ever. The, so this the is IX full, because this is a thing. It's an electric SUV. I would imagine it, it yeah. doesn't need the big grill. Then no, it Why? does. No, it absolutely no, does. No. It does because that the big grill with a beaver teeth is you feed it wood in the front and it converts the wood into electrical, electrical energy. <laughs> wow, that's amazing! You, you know, we're got pretty, the, we got a pretty got abundant see through uh, oh, roof. I, I don't know what you call that or all the way roof, whatever. But anyway, continuous roof. Line. It looks like it looks like a Chevy Bolt. It's not. Oh good. yeah, trail, oh, yeah. Trailblazer. Yeah, trailblazer. Looks like a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. Or uh, their their actual new blazer, just you know, the two spoke steering wheel is weird. It's like well, I got a weird steering wheel for you. Understand? It almost looks upside mode. down the way that it's mounted. It does so look like low. it's upside down. Well, it does have the flat bottom, but right. But yeah, like the way that those two points make contact, it it just hits really low. It just looks like it's upside down. Oh, I don't want- know. They want Mercedes with their uh, door controls, I see. Several companies have gone to that recently, haven't they? Yeah, they should, actually, because it's actually smart. It's a good it way is. of doing it. Yeah, it truly I know Volvo is. does it now. They've been doing it for a little bit. Yeah. I just see something else I can break. <laughs> yeah, true. But that's, yeah, that's my backup. So Yeah, your backup piece of garbage. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. a foul beast. Okay. Awesome. That, that is a foul beast. All right, who's next? I I shall go, and then John can round it out. So let me share my screen. And we'll share the screen. I want this right here. There we go. And let me go do this. Are we ready? Absolutely. Beast. So here it is. 1976 Vondemplat 1500, also known as the Austin Allegro. It's just beautiful. No. That thing is wonderful. Nice fake kind of Rolls Royce looking grill. Okay, you've got the standard English inline, supposedly walnut in there. The rear end is just god awful. <laughs> it's just so foul. It does get better because you get picnic tables in the back. Oh my god, it's trying yes. to be luxurious. 
exactly right. That's what the Von lines were. It was like the luxury, but it was in this big giant bucket of nonsense. Well, I'm familiar with the Vandenplot Jags. Yes, and that that that's where it comes from. So British Leyland applied Vandenplot on everything. So it's a, this car is just foul. This was foul as a kid when I saw it. It's foul now. It's a horrible car. Okay. You know what? Mm. The back of that looks like the Pugo 205. Or Pugo, yes. whatever you say. A little and bit, yeah. has Pugo. that look to it. So, if you want to buy one, there you go. Oh, it's Look brown. at that. In brown, it looks even more hideous. Oh, my God. This thing is so. Just look at that thing. It is just awful. It's all now. Remember, somebody maintained this piece of garbage, thinking it was the best car they ever had. Great this shape. Sh- yeah, it's just so bad. It's it's just. At least awful. it doesn't have the vinyl top. No, but some of them did. <laughs> that engine's clean, but that engine doesn't work, so it's kind of fake. There's also like, just look at all the room. Yeah. It's it was a small car. It was just terrible. But the the best part is this. This is the most nonsense part right here. <laughs> it's just awful. Yeah, and by the way, that's the fuel tank. <laughs> they well, just I think put the a fuel filler neck is yes. exposed <laughs> in the trunk. They just put a carpet. Wow. It's so lacy. It's crazy. But look at this thing. It's just who does this? There's so much <laughs> awfulness to be found in old British Leyland. <laughs> yes, there is. So this thing is foul. So yes, Van Den is just, you know, uh, it's horrible. But getting back to steering wheels, they also had on their base models, etc. they had this steering wheel. It's a square. It's I a square. understand it from the 70s. It looks yes. weird today. So... It is. It is a square. And note where the, where the horn is. Oh, what the heck? Oh, yeah, the stock horn. Yeah, of course. Stock uh, horn. Yeah, Land Rovers have that. Yeah, stock horn. So used to that. But yeah, that is my wonderful piece of crap. Thank hey, you. There you go. In a You're welcome. <laughs> it's a real All manual, right, bro. Over to All, right. You. All right. Uh, nothing really fancy about mine. Uh, let's see here. Well, I hope it's not fancy. Might be. I know Terry's was attempting to be fancy. Attempting. Yes. It's this uh Renault. Oh. Aventine. Oh, oh the Aventine. Yes, sir. <laughs> Slightly like better looking multiple idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't look too bad from the front. It's just that back. They just kind of like. <laughs> it needs- Gave up or something. It made a great convertible. (laughs) What? It made a great convertible. You guys didn't watch that Top Gear episode, did you? No. Oh, now I remember it. Yep. This thing is just great. So, (laughs) when I went to France about three, four years ago, or five years, whenever the hell I went, I specifically asked if they had any of these at the rental agency. <laughs> nice. Because I wanted one. I wanted to drive one, but they didn't have any. Oh, it's Thank a two God. door. It's long enough. It almost looks like it, the dimensions of a, of a four door hatchback with only two doors. Right. Mm-hmm. Strange. That, that car is pretty foul. <laughs> the back does not that? slope off at all. 
Yeah. No. It's nice. Probably nice for headroom. Any uh, reviews of it? Um, I didn't go that far. Um, I just saw this one, but I don't know. It, it's like you can almost see it right here. It's this straight back, and then it almost like this angle, and it drops down. It kind of looks like a cross between the 1990 Nissan Axes and where is it at? Like the Nissan Quest. Like I assure you, yeah, it does have that squared off thing that the Quest has. I uh, couldn't put my finger on it, but yeah, it's the Quest. Yeah, the Steve, quest, you're yeah. just gonna have to look. You're just gonna have to look up Renault Avent. It's the back yeah. of it is terrible. It is terrible. Excellent, John. That's just that was a good one. That's yeah. that that is a French Aztec right there. Thank you, France, for your Pontiac Aztec. Thank you. Now go lose another war. So. <laughs> I do want to share one thing because we did bring up the mm. oval monstrosity of the Taurus. You guys probably don't even know what this is, but get ready for feedback. So this is a Ford Scorpio. Mm. Was that like the Cosworth? Uh, yes. Different bodywork. It's the front end is just foul. So that is oh. definitely an early Hyundai front end. Looks like a Sebring. Yeah. It's so, a lot worse than the Taurus. Yes. I didn't think you could get worse than the Taurus. There you go. See, the advantages of growing up and living in England, I kind of knew this car existed. <laughs> so yeah. I'm glad that I didn't know it existed. <laughs> and yes, it is, it is a Cosworth. So basically what this thing is, is like the replacement for the Ford Cortina. Oh. Uh. And it just, this one was foul. Okay. This one was foul, but not all of them were this ugly. You know, it, not all of them were. And this idiot lives, well, he lives there. He lives in Buford on Sea. But, like, not all of them had that horrible look. Because if you look right here, you can see. Well, it's the same thing with the Taurus. Yeah. So. Yeah, the previous generation isn't nearly as bad. Yeah. Right, so it really is lucky I I got understand Spanish right there. So yeah, this is the Scorpio. So this is the Cortina's replacement. Anyway, there you go. Thanks, I hate it. Yep, no problem. I just wanted to throw <laughs> that in there. There you go. So now there's two Ford products we all hate. Excellent. Anyway, perfect. All right. Uh, I guess we'll just move on to my segment where um, I was going to talk about uh, my Pikes Peak Hill Climb experience. Um, so I, I got approved for a media pass. Um, and um, apparently I had quite a poor portfolio, I guess, and they accepted me. And um, how it started was you have your practice days. You had to get up at like about 2 a.m. I think you had to get to the gate by like 3 a.m. or so, and then they start closing it down. Um, I'll just show some pictures here. Everybody that does that uh, is involved with the hill climb talks about that weird schedule shift because you're basically having to yeah get up at like 2 or so, and then your whole day is done by 10 a.m. Right. Yeah. Um, these are just some night shots i took um 
just set it on a tripod, had it do its, um, you know, long exposure. Uh, so it was pretty cool. This is the BBI Porsche that ended up not finishing on race day. He went down about uh, George's Corner just shortly after Glen Cove, which is where I was shooting on race day. Um, yeah, there's was that, that one. Um, oh my gosh, his name escapes me. But uh, guy is the son of the legendary racing driver that 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 uh, used to drive the used to drive in Can Am. Oh dang it, um, David Donahue. Is that was that David Donahue's oh, yes. car? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, it was probably one of the fastest cars. Um, I was well, BBI always is always going yeah. to something serious. Like, yeah, but Tim Berisha is not. Yeah, and he used to he used to uh, work for Porsche Racing. And when it comes right. to, he's kind of Pike's Peak has kind of become the Tim's thing the last few years. He uh, won the Time Attack class uh, last year when when I when I went. But you got to go this year, right. so I hate yeah. you for that because yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was probably a little bit easier because there was quite a bit, a lot of people backing out, at least media-wise. Obviously, they, they didn't have any um, spectators. And, of course, there's uh, Jeff Swartz Porsche, which was, you know, one of my favorite-looking cars. <laughs> well, it's the, new, it's the new 935. It's the yeah. GT2 RS with the slant 930, 935 treatment. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it fantastic. Beautiful, yeah. Um, so there was what I, what I thought was what I think is really interesting. Five of those cars in the United States, two of them were at Pike's Peak Mm. that day. So you got to see two of the five in the country. Yeah, that's amazing. And then, um, another amazing one was, um, Sean Bassett's, uh, uh, Dotson Z here, all that carbon fiber. And that was just amazing. That is a really serious looking car. Yeah, <laughs> gotta gotta love uh, doing the doing the build off of an old S thirty though. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, you know, so I attended all the practice days. Um, the weather was, you know, all right. It wasn't too cold, wasn't too hot, and so I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna shed some layers. I'm gonna not really bring anything, and then come uh, race day, and <laughs> that all went out the window. Um, it was like this really strong wind it was cold and so i was at i think it was um i think it was ragged corner i believe it was near elk park kind of area and i just kind of walked down because i was like this is ridiculous (laughs) and then then so you're walking down the road and it's like pitch black like you can't really see anything until you get about near glen cove um but and then um, originally we tried to get to the devil's playground and that's when I hit, uh, altitude sickness. So I had to go down from there and, you know, but overall it was, you know, it was an awesome race. It's, you know, really beautiful up there. Whoever's been up there knows that. And, you know, it just kind of, it keeps drawing you in despite the sickness, you know, altitude sickness and all that. And my fear of heights, it just kind of keeps dragging you in, you know, with all the cars and the scenery and all that. And it's, you know, just really cool experience. You got to try yeah. to do it next year, John. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try it again. See if I can get approved, which I think I'll probably will. Especially, yeah. Especially if you did it once, it shouldn't be hard to yeah. do it twice. I don't think. 
I mean, unless you really do something wrong, you know, you're yeah. messing up because they're pretty strict. They they want you to do certain, you have to kind of stay inside of turns and then, you know, uh, it's just, you know, that not makes being sense. an idiot. Yeah. 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 All right. But I, I feel like that's one of the hardest things is like getting your foot in the door. But once you've already done it once, you know, right. really are already vouched for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we'll all be able to, uh, we'll all at least have the opportunity to go next year because. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess we're moving on to uh, talking about uh, Veterans Day Remembrance. It is Veterans Day. Yeah. At least today that we're recording, yeah. <laughs> yes. Originally called Armistance Day. Yep. And in England, Remembrance Day. Yep. That uh, annotated the end of World War One. Yep. So it's not just an American thing for some of you who think it is. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so some of my Aussie friends uh, posted up on uh, Veterans Day for them, too. Yep. yep. So yeah, Remembrance less, Day, I, less, I'd, I'd heard of. is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or less so, we yeah. Sorry, lest we forget. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. So th- that's exactly what this day is is for it's throughout the world like in england you know it's remembrance day it's remembering all the fallen and it came right after world world war one hence the poppies yep that when i was a kid growing up in england he always wore you know the poppy so it's a sign of you know remembering the fallen so we should take that time to remember Uh, the fallen about the poppies uh when i was in australia stationed there with the air force um down in Canberra, they have a war museum, and I visited that, and they had a whole wall of poppies. It was really yep. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're usually too mo- little, too modest to mention himself, even though, uh, although Steve just uh, just just did there. But yeah, three three veterans on the on the podcast right now. Steve, Terry, and uh, Dan is currently serving. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You did it so I don't have to. Definitely. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here drinking McDonald's, so it's all good. <laughs> in case you're really curious where it all the poppies and everything comes from, it's basically inspired from a World War One poem. It's called In Flanders Fields because poppies were growing there. Yep. So this is a very it's it's essentially a day that's very you just have to remember the fallen. It's not yeah. about anything else but that the sacrifices that were made throughout all war of what ordinary people put down. So and we had a we had a great response on the on the group. Uh, I posted up a picture, and there were lots and lots of uh, members and family members that posted pictures of their uh, loved ones in the service. That was cool. Yeah. You also forgot to say that it was you holding a Barrett with a ridiculous smile on your face. So I think people were happy. I mean, I laughed out loud. In the post, I'm a goofball, but that was just a, I was just holding the gun. I'm not a sniper. I didn't make any friends at a thousand yards. So humble. (laughs) (laughs) No, what the the background behind the picture, if you want to know, is I was based in Texas. a good fellow Air Force Base, and we would drive up to Dias Air Force Base in Abilene, Texas, 
And at their explosive ordnance disposal unit, we would meet with those guys. They would take us out to their um, practice field or exercise field. They would uh, set up small charges of C4, Semtex, uh, different type, different types of explosives. My unit, we would, or my instructor, I was an instructor. We would have our students measure the the fireball. They would measure the explosive force. They would measure those kinds of things. That's what we were, we were doing. And that that Barrett, that gun, was part of their EOD's arsenal for uh, taking out um, IEDs at a distance. It's definitely anti-material, so it'll do it. Yeah, I looked it up. It's called SMUD, um, Small Munitions Something Disposal. That's definitely disposing. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. It certainly, it certainly beats walking up to it and actually diffusing it. Yeah, like, yeah so. exactly. Yeah. Some standoff distance, right? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> yeah. Just, just for you guys, in case you're curious, mm. this is what the Tower of London looks like. So every this is what they do. These are all the poppies that surround the whole thing. Wow. But there you go. But uh, I will say, definitely being over in Europe during this, it, it's not just in one country. It's literally every single country. It doesn't matter which country you go to. Everyone has them on their lapel, or you see them out of stores. Or it's everyone takes that day to just you know remember. Honestly, no matter what faction you were on or what war it was. Yeah, well, where it started, World World War One was particularly heinous. So, and again, and it, and it loses yeah. a lot. It loses a lot of clout in history classes to uh, to World War Two. But it's it's important to understand what happened there because you can't have World War Two without World War One. So, oh yeah, definitely listening. Um, old old tactics with new weapons made made for a lot of devastation. A so, lot okay. of devastation. So, if we do have anybody listening, like the four people that do. <laughs> if you want to watch something about World War One, there's several good documentaries. But one of the there's a really good one called Apocalypse World War One. It's actually not bad. It gives you a very good idea how what a shit filled festival that was. Yeah. LA would anyway, have like that. Yes. <laughs> but our thanks to all. Dan, I think you said you're watching. You're going to watch uh, Band of Brothers series. Uh, yes. Yeah. I today I watched all a band of brothers and I got almost all the way through the Pacific. Wow. Um, so it's was like a wake up at like 5 a.m. thing and just knock it out. But amazing series. And there's a couple more. Um, I mean, especially as you start getting into our now generation, you know, everything from, you know, Desert Storm forward, there's a plethora now of films too so don't have to restrict it to world war one or world war two there's a lot now unfortunately that's funny that you were watching the pacific this morning because i was listening to um a uh podcast which is more like more like an audio book called uh dan carlin's hardcore history and uh he has a series called uh supernova in the east and part four is about um covers uh Few of the other, few of the other ones, not coming to mind, but but uh, namely the Battle of Midway, which was oh, yeah. always always one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Just just every the, all the different moving pieces to that, and how that how that all how that all went was always one of my favorite stories. So, well, just, for uh, me, it was, that we were both on that today. Well, for me, it was one of the things, and that's Terry will probably say it was uh, the Marine Corps' 
247th birthday, so it was kind of like, all right, you know, uh, you know, pay a little homage to him. But that was what? Is that yesterday or today? I can't remember. Yesterday. Yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah. A happy birthday belated to the Marine Corps. Guess we'll get drunk. Is that it? That's it. Just a Steve sponsor shout out. Okay. Yeah. We'll move into our sponsor segment. So our uh, sponsor is DIY um, auto repair shops. And they are, let's see. It's 6425 Washington Street, number 12 in Denver. And they're right beside Blue Water Performance. You guys may have heard of them as well. But um, you can take your car. They've got lifts. They've got tools. Um, they can let you work on your own car. Or they can help you repair your car based on there's different rates and whatnot. But uh, the sponsorship, they give us uh, $10 off any rate uh, for the first three hours. So that's pretty cool. So check them out. You can go to facebook.com DIY auto repair. Uh, you can go to DIY auto repair shops.com and uh, you'll find them. So shout out to uh, DIY auto repair. Excellent. Mm. Yeah. The way I drive, I'm going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cool that it's cool that Denver has a place that you can go. And if you don't have a garage, if you don't have a lift. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel uh, like that's a very common problem. Reasonable, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, you really check cool out. thing. My question is: It heated because once it hits yes. wintertime, I'm like, oh. if my car can oh, survive, sure. I ain't doing anything. <laughs> actually, yeah, it there. is heated. Okay. Yeah, it's a nice, nice facility. It really is. Okay. Have y'all? I've never been, so I have not. Maybe we uh, should go. No, I've just never done anything that. Re- that really necessitated it. Uh, honestly, I've never been able, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's definitely, uh, definitely nice if you don't have access to, uh, to certain, certain tools or a lift or what have you. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we'd like to tell everyone out there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Um, as always, we love your feedback, what you like, what you didn't like, what you, think we could improve on um and your feedback of course helps us a lot um we want to just remind you to check out all our media channels for the upcoming events and local car community facebook.com slash group uh groups slash c-a-r-z and coffee instagram co cars and coffee twitter co cars and coffee our website coloradocarsandcoffee.com uh, anything else you guys want to add? Or no, the Aztec's nope. the worst car on earth. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no, it's... no, no disagreements. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's time for us to grab our coffee and hit the road. That's it for us here from Colorado Cars and Coffee. See you down the road, everyone. <laughs>